everybody. Welcome to Y'all Heard. Y'all Heard. A podcast where we uh, talk about things that we think you, you know, might be interested in. And, uh, you know, you get to determine if that's true or not. In other words, we tell you about things you didn't know you needed to know. And I have to say, from my personal opinion, this is something you do not need to know about today. No! Oh my god! <laughs> no! What we're going to talk about today, which, let's wait tech to see what it is, um, the amount of people that are my age that don't know what it is disturb me greatly, so I disagree. But do they need to know what it is? Yes, so they could... Have a more enriching life. My name is Pete Phillips. I'm Marissa Phillips. And, and we're, we're not, not related. related. <laughs> we usually start each show by uh, thinking about uh, some some positive stuff from the week. So, Marissa, I'm going to defer to you and hopefully uh, have enough time to make up some lies. <laughs> so my week had a lot of dark points that I won't get into. But my bright point was visiting my one of my best friends, Alicia who lives in the Poconos, who I haven't seen for a long time. And I really didn't know what was up with her life for a while, because she kind of got a bit quiet on her front. And I recently learned she has been live streaming on Twitch. So like an old head, I had to have her explain to me what Twitch was. Which Are you familiar with Twitch, Pete? Oh, of course I am. And I'm sorry, I'm heavy, I knew what I'm Twitch was. I'm a heavy was. gamer. <laughs> let, let me clarify. I knew what Twitch was, right. but like I didn't really know the nuances of it, or like you I was, know. I was going to say the only reason I know what it is is because of you. So yeah, you must yeah, because I am a big gamer. But I just I have no desire to watch people live play video games. Really, I would rather just play them myself. But anyway, so she was kind of showing me what she was doing, and it actually, I mean, it seemed kind of fun. And actually, me and her live streamed. We live-streamed us putting face masks on, and it was very controversial. <laughs> and someone texted her to dispute our method, and boy, oh boy, did me and Alicia attack them. <laughs> uh, and also, I'll tell you more about that off. And also, um, I don't know, like, I, sh- I streamed Final Fantasy with her. But long story short, Alicia convinced me that I should consider... Dressing up like Sakura, the Street Fighter character, and social eating. See, I don't like this. I knew you wouldn't like it, so I decided to tell you on camera. Because we were looking because at Because here's what happened, guys. Marissa says, she explained sort of, to some degree, the live streaming thing, and then she was like, not, not anything sexy or anything. And of course, my answer to Marissa was, anything could be sexy depending on who's watching it. And I don't want people watching you eat. Are you going to eat really slowly? No! So I was looking at the... I was just saying I was considering it. But I was watching the the social eating stream, and it was just a bunch of, like, beardos eating macaroni angrily. And not even, like... Watching anybody with a beard eat sounds disgusting. Yeah. And there was some other guy who was... It was German or something... And he was, he had a split screen, so on one screen he was talking, and the other screen was a plate of chicken that he wasn't eating. <laughs> so I was just like, I could do better than this. Are you going to get yeah. paid? Do people, if you do, oh reach, god, do people tip you tokens for eating? <laughs> do people tip me tokens? Um, at a certain level, uh, you can get subscribers, 
and then you get a portion of their subscription fee. I don't know why anyone would pay anyone on this thing. I find it all absurd. Mm-hmm. But that's why I kind of wanted to do it. I'm sorry. Now it sounds like Twitch is our topic, so let me move to you. <laughs> I don't have anything for the week. The uh, the only like new stimulating thing um, for the week is that I started to watch the show on the Sci-Fi Channel that's based on Creepypasta, which is today's topic. Yay! And, um, yeah, I caught up on two episodes. I forgot that it premiered, and I watched the the last season just to see what it was all about. And um, tune in in this season, and this season's more enjoyable. And are, just to clarify, these are all based on real creepypastas? Yes, real creepypastas. Um, that's that's something that I have to talk about later, so I can't really talk about it too much right now, because that will shave off anything that I have to say later. But I at least wanted to start with the cutting question that is on everyone's mind. WTF creepypasta. The name creepypasta comes from the word... No! Don't! No, 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 no! Okay, before you say it, I just want to say that when in college, I used to be on 4chan, and I fully embrace what it's derivative of, because before 4chan became a den of racists, it was really fun, and all their slang was stupid, but it was fun, and I loved it, and I used to love the phrase. So it's derivative of what, piece? Now, see, here's a question that I have for you, then. Uh, since all of this stuff happens in text... How do you say it? You, copy t- pasta? Yeah, copy pasta. Be, which is an internet slang term for a block of text that gets copy and pasted. So why isn't it copy pasta? Because that sounds ugly. No, it doesn't. It's just one letter off from copy paste. Yeah, but what is pasta? Here's, copy- here's the thing. Here's the issue that I have with this. You are asking me to accept a word that you made up, which is based off of another word that you made up. <laughs> If you had been in 4chan back in the day, you'd understand. Well, I wasn't. So this whole entire thing. Go, Marissa. So, okay, so yeah. So, like Pete said, creepypasta comes from copypasta. And copypasta, yeah, is text that's copied and pasted over and over again. So creepypasta is like a creepy story that's copied over and over again on the internet. And, uh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Did you say exactly what creepypasta is? Okay, creepypasta, which I have been just using this term all over the place lately, assuming everyone <laughs> 30 knows what it is. <laughs> you I can't imagine how this would come up in conversation. <laughs> many, many ways. Are you going to eat that creepypasta or are you saving it for later? <laughs> shut up. If you don't know what creepypasta is, it's a charming way to refer to internet horror stories or internet urban legends that are passed around again and again. Um, The first use of the term creepypasta was apparently in 2007 in a thread on 4chan, which is an anonymous internet message board, kind of like a pre-Reddit kind of thing. Um, Some of the earliest creepypastas were text only, like a humongous long story um, but others were connected to pictures and photographs um, the most notable creepypasta especially the most notable attached to a photograph is Slenderman, Slenderman. which I will talk more about later um, 
Creepy pasta. There are like four components that every creepy pasta must have, <sighs> according to the creepy pasta wiki I was reading. Um, this is obvious, but it, it has to have originated online. Otherwise, it's just an urban legend. But a creepy pasta specifically is an internet urban legend. Um, it must be spooky. It's not just like fan fiction. Like it's supposed to be a scary story. Um, and this one is a debatable point. Um, the third point they say that's necessary for every creepypasta is it must be believable. That really depends on how gullible you are. I am very gullible. <laughs> so I actually questioned whether or not Slenderman existed at a point. I'll elaborate on that later. And uh, it must be shareable. But I don't know how it would not be shareable. So I find that an unnecessary point to have. Like, who's going to stop you? So I guess while creepypastas come in a lot of different forms these days, um, the older creepypastas all generally fit into one of three categories. Uh, Creepypasta anecdotes, uh, ritual creepypastas, and one of my favorite... Lost, lost epi- episodes. Yes. Oh, I love the lost episode creepypastas. Okay. So, anecdote creepypastas can be with or without pictures that go with them. And they're basically a scary story, a scary news story, or a scary personal story of some sort. Um, some notable anecdote creepypastas include Slenderman and Lavender Town Syndrome. Have you heard about either of those? Well, no. Of course you've heard of Slenderman. Have you heard of Lavender Town Syndrome? Nope. Okay. Well, first, by the way, fine. If you don't know what Creepypasta is, fine. But if you don't know what Slenderman is, just shut up. (laughs) Like, how are you using Venmo but you don't know what Slenderman is? (laughs) What were you doing in the early 2000s? I encourage everyone to watch the HBO Slenderman documentary. It was very good. And it did not, it was not about Slenderman. For God's sake, if you actually think they're going to make a documentary about Slenderman, then you are a moron. They, yes, I mean that to everyone who is disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't about Slenderman. It was about human beings affected by a silly urban legend. <laughs> and Pete is calling me a moron because I wanted it to be about Slenderman. Not that, at this point, I do not believe Slenderman exists. But let me give some background of a personal experience with when I first found Slenderman. So I knew about Slenderman since I was 18. So that was like 2004 or maybe maybe 2005, whatever. Anyway, at that time, I had just like I had just gotten a steady Internet connection. Like I had gotten like Internet kind of in high school. But like I finally went to college at a steady Internet connection. I just started going on message boards. I was still on like AIM. So basically, this Photoshop picture started circulating, and I had kind of never seen anything like that. Like, people weren't really just, like, creating memes weren't even, like, were memes even a thing at that point? I don't know. If memes were a thing, like, barely. Like, someone really we were more a meme. Back then, we were more doing, like, email forwards than, like, yeah, social exactly. media memeing, because the mechanism really wasn't there to... to perpetuate things like that yeah so like people weren't like rampantly photoshopping things and so to explain it if you haven't seen it slender man is a character that originated oh okay i i got my time wrong no way i don't believe this no 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 this doesn't sound right 
According to what I read, it says 2009, but I don't, I need to, I will have to fact check it and possibly correct this later, because I definitely saw Slender Man when I was in college, but I graduated undergrad in 2008, so this, this can't you mean, be it. You mean you saw the Slender Man creepypasta, <laughs> right? I saw the Slender Man college. image making its rounds. Okay, I'm just anyway. clarifying for the audience. <laughs> Slender Man was a Photoshop image. Um, and the image was first, and the stories came second. The images didn't come with stories, uh, like, automatically. It was an image of a very tall figure, thin figure, with tentacle-like arms lurking in the background of a playground scene. And there was one very badly photoshopped picture, and then a bunch of more creepy ones kept popping up. So, like, from one, other people started photoshopping more to pretend that Slender Man was in more places, and they became creepier and creepier, and then people started writing Slender Man stories. And basically, according to the story, Slender Man targets children. And, yeah, the legend kind of spiraled out of control. A lot of people made, like, fan fiction and more stories and more photoshops, and it led to a Slender Man stabbing uh, in 2004 that the documentary is about. 14. Oh, I meant 14. I'm sorry. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, she went back in time. I, I, that's exactly it. For yeah. people trying the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, then the, the stabbing other... happened, then Marissa saw it, and then it actually happened, <laughs> if you're following the sequence of events. Oops, sorry. <laughs> um, the other um, notable uh, creepypasta uh, is Lavender Town Syndrome which is linked to the Pokemon video game. The story is that in the original Japanese version of one of the Pokemon games, the Lavender Town level had a soundtrack, had a song that was so high-pitched that it was at a frequency that only young children could hear because their ears were more sensitive than adult ears, and it caused many of them to go mad, become seriously ill, or commit suicide by hanging um, or jumping from heights. And like I said, those who did not kill themselves act ra acted irrationally and complained of severe headaches. Okay, so now I'm going to try to play a clip. Can you hear that? Yeah. Does this mean okay. I'm a little child? No, you could hear it, <laughs> but just it agitated young children's ears. Okay, that's enough. But anyway, whether or not you believe that, I do find that a kind of creepy, um, a kind of creepy song. Why are you laughing? Did that have, did that have screaming children edited into it? No. It could have just had, there could have just been people screaming outside when it no, was, it was just, finishing. No, <laughs> um, Yep, I hear it now. It's outside. Okay. <laughs> so those are two notable anecdote creepy passes. Um, so to expand upon the second part, ritual creepy passes. This is a kind of creepypasta that has a list of instructions of what to do, like either to go to a certain place at a certain time or perform a series of actions, and then something scary will happen. Um, basically, it's like a modern-day Bloody Mary. You're familiar with Bloody Mary, right? Yes, I, I am. And to yes. the audience who may not be, Bloody Mary three times in the mirror shows up and kills you. You say it three times in the mirror. Yeah. 
Okay, <laughs> let's clarify that. Um, no, get three Bloody Marys, splash them into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I read a few ritual creepypastas, and they were all long and convoluted, and I want to talk about none of them. Good. So that's that. Um, and another part, uh, kind of creepypasta is the Lost Episode one. Um, this is a story usually about a never-before-seen episode or scene from a famous TV show. Not always, but usually it relates to, like, a child cartoon. And I like these because they almost always come with visuals, meaning in addition to the story, there's actually a YouTube video in existence. Um, according to the Wikipedia I was reading, this style of creepypasta has fallen out of favor because it's seen as cliche. Whatever. Did you, did you read about Dead Bart? No. I find none okay. of them convincing. <laughs> okay. No, okay. Well, let me first step back. So, two of the most notable, I would say, uh, lost episode creepypastas are Squidward Suicide and Dead Bart. Squidward Suicide, I do not find convincing either, and I watched it. Um, this is perhaps the most famous one. It's a story about a lost episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, um, which starts with Squidward failing at a recital, and people start booing him, and then he becomes sad and depressed. Apparently there's flashing of dead bodies and murmurs, and then he points a shotgun at his face, pulls the trigger, and there's blood everywhere, and he ends his life. Um, this sounds so excessively dramatic. I've never watched a whole episode of Transbob Squarepants, but I assumed this would make no sense. And what I watched, I was just like, the animation wasn't consistent, and I was just like, this is stupid, and I don't understand what this is. My favorite one is Dead Bart, which I watched, and like the gullible moron I am, I thought it was real, and I had to keep delving to find enough people to say that it wasn't real, until I finally was like, okay, maybe that is a bunch of different things spliced together. I don't know. But anyway, Dead Bart is apparently, like, a lost episode that Matt Groening made that was not allowed to air, for very obvious reasons. Um, it deals with Bart and his family going on a trip on an airplane, and Bart's kind of screwing around, and he ends up opening one of the emergency doors, and he flies out of the airplane, and he dies. Um, from there, you see them at a funeral, and there are X's on Bart's eyes. By the way, like I said, there's a video with this. Like, if you YouTube dead Bart, you can see this. It's very warped. But you can see Bart fighting with his family. You see the airplane. Then you see Bart, like, laying in a casket with X's on his eyes. And then his family is, like, crying. And it's just this really weird and dark and depressing episode. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this creepypasta was really well executed. And someone gullible, like, we believed it. So, I don't know. There's a few other lost episodes out there. but Suicide you know, Mouse seems to be the one that I came across the most. When just researching any any oh. creepypasta, and you that's Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse one? Yeah, Mickey Mouse killing himself. That one was. See, okay, so the Squidward one and Suicide Mouse, I feel like are very disjointed. Dead Bart, I feel like actually follows the narrative throughout. Like, like Suicide Mouse just has like Mickey Mouse just like walking down the street forever, and then like the sound of people screaming, 
Like, Dead Bart looks like an entire episode just kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel like sets that one apart. But um, basically, I don't know. This is me editorializing. But I felt like back in the day, people really did kind of believe a lot of creepypastas. And I think it goes, <laughs> it goes to what you were saying about execution. Season one of this uh, sci-fi channel show called Channel Zero... It's built off of a particular creepypasta. I don't remember the name of the whole, like, of the creepypasta, but basically, this guy talks about this show that he saw, Candle Cove. And the way that this particular creepypasta is executed is it's written up like a forum thread. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, by the time you hit the bottom of it, you are convinced that, that, like, a handful of people actually agree with this guy. And then, so it's almost like the longer he goes on and the more people that he makes up to continue having this conversation, it's like the more people chiming in and going, yeah, I do remember that series. And then some of them are audacious enough to, like, add details. You know what I mean? And since they're all fake and it's all coming from the same person, it's not really a big deal that, that you know, a stranger comes in and adds a detail. Like, oh, did you see the episode when blank happened? And yeah. so I think that's I think that's part of... I, I have some, some things that frustrate me about Creepypasta. And first, as a writing teacher... Most of these are so poorly written; it's very distracting. Oh, I yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> As a reader, lazy typos and like crap description also make me pretty sad. But see, the thing that you can argue, and I'm not saying this is a good point, but meaning these days, I feel like more people like just write creepypasta for fun, and like they'll actually like, own up to authoring it. But, like, back then, I felt like it almost gave it, again, not saying this is a perfect argument, but I almost felt like it gave it more credence because it wasn't like, I am an author writing a scary story. Which takes me to my next point, which is, as a human being, this whole entire genre irritates me because people are just making up lies and expecting people to believe them. (laughs) But isn't that life? That is hashtag fake news. Because Bye. the thing is, apparently, if you go to the creepypasta Reddit that exists today, um, they the like disclaimer at the top is that you are supposed to write and read everything on this page as if it's 100% true. And so, yeah, somebody's actually asking you to buy this and believe that it's true, but it's not, and that's why you end up with some kid who stabs a little girl <laughs> because uh, they don't know the difference between reality and fiction, and... You know, that's just sort of how we also end up with the president that we have, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get your point, but I don't know. I like the world to seem magical and mysterious, which is why I Fourth. Like here, I'll ruin your magic. Fourth, my fourth beef with creepypasta is that as an artist, I do not like the fact that for your... Cre- and this is just this is just me projecting everything onto everything else. But I do not like the fact that there is a governing editorial body that seems to be able to oversee creepypasta today and remove your creepypasta if it is cliche or discredit you if it's not what good are you enough talking about? and things That's like that. Who is this that you're talking about? It's the uh, creepypasta site on Wikia, and that is where if you want to be a creepypasta writer today, that seems to be where your stuff tends to end up. Oh, that stuff is so long. It is. I just kept typing in creepypasta summaries. So I was doing the same thing, but then I was like, you know what? No, I got to read one of these things in order to get the full, you know, the full meaning. Now, 
I've referenced it a couple of times before, this show Channel Zero, first season they did this Candle Cove thing. Originally, just a series of forum posts that is air quotes from a local uh, TV station's like message boards that gets copy-pasted <laughs> around the internet <laughs> and uh, made into this sort of legend of some sort. And so they take this idea and they go to make a show out of it and I just wanted to like endorse the fact that they take something that's pretty thin and they really develop it into something and there's like child murder and there's like uh, is it really a monster is there a TV show what's going on all this sort of stuff so they do add a lot of texture to things but my creepypasta research uh, aside from my complaints about the genre in general took me to sonic.exe a creepypasta written by JC the hyena the story okay. This, the first here's another thing <laughs> I go to read this story because I was like I'm going to give it a chance the story is over 4,000 words long but I'm going to give it a chance and I'm going to try to read it I go That's to the website I, I go to the website and it's in Comic Sans Marissa <laughs> Ew. the whole entire story is in Comic Sans so by the way for a split second you said that and I thought you meant wingdings <laughs> So I have I'm sitting there decoding the whole entire four thousand word story <laughs> from Wingdings. Yeah, comic sense is worse. So I sit there and I'm and I'm reading the story and it's about a kid who gets a package in the mail because again this is how long ago these stories sort of originate. Guy gets a package in the mail, opens up the package. There's a note in it from his friend. I think his friend's name like Tom or Kyle or something. There's two characters. Tom and Kyle, I might get them reversed. Anyway, there's a, there's a letter inside, and he says that it looks like it was written in a hurry. And of course, the friend says, don't play this game. Destroy the disc, and you'll destroy him. But do it quickly, otherwise he'll catch you. So of course, the main character's a moron, and goes, I'm going to go up and see what this game's all about. So he pops the disc in, and he starts playing this game. Here's where it sort of deviates from me, and it becomes a really niche thing. Because then he starts talking about... it's. I was teaching uh, metaphor earlier in the week, and, and I was talking about how you have to take something that people aren't familiar with and compare it to something that people are familiar with. You know, if I say that my love is like a rose, you've probably seen a, a rose, but perhaps you haven't seen my love. And now that you know that a rose is pretty and beautiful and everything like that, you can imagine that my love is also that way. This guy doesn't use metaphor that way. Instead, he spends the whole entire thing comparing what he sees in the game to what is in a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Like, the whole catalog of Sonic games. And then he dips into, like, Silent Hill and stuff like this. And I'm just like, I don't even know what any of this description is because it's all yeah. coming from video games. And again, aside from Nintendo and Super Nintendo, I'm not much of a gamer. So, it was really difficult for me to follow, but as I said, I was going to try to get through this thing. So... We got this haunted video game, and um, the first the first uh, victim in the game is Tails, of course. Poor Tails. <laughs> yeah. And this is what happens. Tails, Tails can fly, right? I don't know. I thought Tails could fly. Anyway, Tails is going through the game, and Sonic is coming up behind him. But the kid in the story is playing Tails. Like, yeah. That's the character he's playing in the game. And Sonic is coming up behind him. Sonic catches up to him. The screen goes black. And there's screams from Tails. And I'm like, yeah. bro, why did the screen go black? 
Like, this is your story, man. This is your time to shine. You gotta come up with some gore. You gotta come up with some freaky imagery. Instead, you just go, the screen went blank. And I could hear Tails screaming. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, man. That's He's neat. just reporting the truth. <laughs> and then <laughs> he goes on to Knuckles and Dr. whatever, Dr. Robotnik. Is that him? And, Can you um, play Dr. Robotnik? Yes. Oh. And so, and which... Don't worry, Marissa. He also found very suspicious about this game. <laughs> so he goes through, and, and again, he's just using really simple, ineffective descriptors. Like, the laugh was horrific, and Sonic had a really creepy smile. And so these are all subjective terms, and I am having a difficult time visualizing exactly what's happening in the story because, again, it's so poorly written. <laughs> so after, um, yeah, basically, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost in my own notes here. Um... But yeah, there's some violence, and basically the way the story goes is um, Sonic kills everybody in the game, and Mm -hmm. then when you hit the final level, you are somehow fighting Sonic, but by this point, you're not a character anymore, you're kind of yourself in the game. What does that mean? It becomes a POV sort of thing. Oh. That's stupid, and I wish that didn't happen, because that doesn't make sense anymore. Now you're fighting Sonic as yourself, sort of. But what's weird is, your friend who sent you the video game, he's also in the video game. And he's one of Sonic's death puppets that he's sort of playing with in a room that you eventually find that's got walls covered in blood. Anyway, I forget what happens, to be honest. I don't know if he wins or he turns off the game or what. But anyway, uh, of course, from behind him, he hears a voice that says, like, oh, you were you were like better at this than uh, your friend. And he turns around. And he sees a sonic a plush, furry? a sonic plush, with uh, blood dripping from its eyes. That is. That's the uh, end of the story. Uh, okay, uh, I saw Sonic EXE. Like I saw a headline and I read it briefly. Yeah, that's what I was going to go into next. <laughs> and I definitely didn't think a plush was going to come out of the video game and kill him because that's didn't. stupid. It's almost like it addressed him, and I was kind of like. Is is this something that you had previously? Like you had a Sonic plush in your room and now yeah. his eyes are bleeding? Like is that the cre- is it the creepy part that his eyes are bleeding or is the creepy part that you never had a Sonic plush before and now <laughs> one is in your room talking to you? But yeah. yeah, that's where the story ends. Um it's not a case where it lunges off the bed to kill him or he goes and then I stab that bitch, you know? <laughs> or Honestly, what should have happened is Sonic should have killed everyone in game. Then at the end, Sonic should have there been, should have been like an end screen with like text that said that, and it should have still been the video game screen. Okay, but no yeah. Sonic plush should have come out. That would have kept it real. Yeah, there was yeah. actually a point where Sonic lunged toward the screen in the game, and I was like, if this mother, if he comes through the screen and <laughs> starts fighting this kid, I am not gonna be happy. So. Depending on how familiar you are with the story, Marissa, let's go to last episode. The story gains in popularity, and this is what happens. The creepypasta wiki people go, this story's stupid, and they delete it from oh. their thing. But what's weird is they do it after the story becomes popular and people make videos about it, you know, like That's you were talking weird. about, videos and images and stuff like this to accompany it. They deem it, quote, too silly and cliche. I so mean, the, it is too silly and so cliche. So the author but... comes back and he says... This is a quote from him. As you can see, I am 
all caps, furious with the fact that my masterpiece, which has won the hearts of millions and has made a massive impact on the internet, is being brought down by a bunch of jealous, arrogant, retarded, furry haters. That's right. The creator of the story, JC Hy- the Hyena, is being persecuted. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes out there, and that's... I, I was like, this must be where persecuted came from, because this guy's out there going, like, I can't believe you took down my story. It's because I'm a furry. And they're like, no, it's because your story sucks. And everybody's out there making all these, like, media-related re- things, but it's because they're all making fun of how lame your story is. But wait. Okay, when Sonic comes out of the computer, is he a plush toy? An it anthropomorphic... just says plush. Because I don't... Now a Sonic plush of... with blood, furry. yeah, dripping from its eyes. Because I think that would have to be a person in, like, a fiberglass suit. Right. So it I... does add a new dimension to the ending when you discover that the writer is a furry. Yeah. Again, JC the hyena, so... He's a hyena. Yeah. Anyway, later on, the editors bring back the story, put it back online, not a big deal, and uh, and then they actually post JC the Hyena's message underneath of it, <laughs> just for context, so that if people go, what is this stupid story doing here, there's a post right underneath oh. where he sort of explains his, his case. And uh, yeah, so they put it back up there, and, and that's it. And if you want to go check it out, you can just look up sonic.exe. The other thing you can do if you Google that is head on over to YouTube, where some people have recorded themselves playing the Sonic game, not the sonic.exe evil game, but instead um, playing Sonic the Hedgehog and talking about how stupid the story is <laughs> with <laughs> other people online. <laughs> if you'd like to see more things of people playing video games and talking about stupid things while other people watch them, Go to twitch.tv. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> also on TV, this show, Channel Zero, this season they're talking about this uh, creepypasta called No End House. Now, the way that the story... Oh, I know that one. No End House works is that you get $500 if you can make it through a particular house that's supposed to have eight harrowing rooms for you to get through. And this guy in the story is like, 500 bucks. that sounds great. I can do that. He goes through a few rooms. It's very innocuous and easy and everything like that. And then it sort of takes a shift and the rooms get scarier and scarier. And uh, ultimately, he gets past the eighth room and he ends up in a ninth room. And he's like, yo, this isn't fair. And then he discovers, at least in his personal opinion as the uh, person telling the story, that he's actually in hell and he has to fight Satan. Luckily, Satan is just a representation of himself, so he kind of knows the weaknesses and stuff. Anyway, he wins... And then he goes through the final door, and on the other side, sitting on a desk, is a an envelope. He opens the envelope, and there's a letter that says, congratulations for completing this task or whatever. Um, and there are five $100 bills in it. So then he leaves the location, he goes home, and on his door at home is the number 10, because he's still going through doors. A.K.A. Okay. no end. See... That one I wouldn't think is a real thing. <laughs> but. I like how they picked a realistic value uh, for, yeah. for completing the task, though. Yeah. Okay. 500 bucks? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> now, okay. what's interesting is the Sci-Fi Channel version, they sort of almost made it even more realistic by eliminating any financial transaction. Now it's just a bunch of thrill-seeking D-bag <laughs> kids oh, okay. who go, ooh, this creepy house sort of floats from place to place. And... Now the house is in our neighborhood. Let's go out and see it. 
except for one guy because you need this guy when you're telling the story and he's the guy who's like I've been in this house before I gotta get back in there to find my girlfriend and so he's in there with like an agenda trying to get through yeah. all these different rooms so he can find the love of his life um, and he does in episode two uh, but of course it does not go the way that he expected so um, yeah it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting and the thing that I like about this particular season compared to last season last season was very creepy with visuals this one's very creepy psychologically so I would certainly encourage you to check out Channel Zero which is on Wednesdays at 10 I think on the Sci-Fi Channel watch it on on demand or some shit I also encourage you to Google Dead Bart video I also wanted to put in front of my pal Marissa what about, I feel like you got to address this being who you are and what you are, what about the rumors of Slenderman coming to Riverdale? Go. What? Wait, no. Okay, I feel like <laughs> I basically have heard about this, but wait, 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 wait. Let's elaborate. What have you heard about thinking Slenderman's coming to Riverdale? There was a post on Twitter with some long, creepy figure... And I forget what the tweet said, but the creator of the show was like, get prepared for, like, Popcorn Man. He had to give him some rip-off name that wasn't Slender Man. Oh. Uh, like, he is coming to Riverdale, something like that. I vaguely remember that. And I will just say, if Slender Man comes to Riverdale, and I say this with the utmost sincerity... Will your heart or your brain burst first? <laughs> I will cry because I won't know what to do. <laughs> I will be so excited that I will just cry, which happens a lot, guys. Not like sometimes I get so overwhelmed and I'm not sure whether to laugh, text someone, scream, be excited, be terrified that I just start welling up and shaking my head like no. I've seen no. it. It's true. This is not creepypasta that she is trying to create for you. This is absolutely true, and it does happen. <laughs> Case in point, I was once at a store. I don't know if anyone listening knows what Rival Schools is, but it's a PlayStation game with Sakura from Street Fighter and a bunch of other high school students. Not a lot of people know what it is. It's my favorite video game of all time. There were some Rival Schools action figures for only $5 each in a discount bin in Korea, just, like, thrown on the floor. <laughs> and I started crying. <laughs> so my point is, if Slenderman is in Riverdale, I'm going to cry and get a Slender boot. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. When Slenderman comes to Riverdale, Marissa will have a Slender bone. <laughs> Put an R at the end of that. There was an R. That's going to bother me. The opposite of a Slender boner would be a choke. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to be Jughead. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll cut all that out. <laughs> no, don't cut it out. <laughs> so, in summary, I mean, yeah, I just kind of feel a little stressed out with the fact that creepypasta is definitely a thing. But you know what? Like, I've been discovering all sorts of uh, recesses of the internet where, like, there's fandom for silly things and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking people to do it. I'm just saying, like, I guess... If you took, like, if you were a better writer of creepypasta, then you might be a horror writer. I wonder if anybody's really, like, parlayed it into some sort of, uh, I'm gonna just be rude and say, like, legitimate success, you know? Something that maybe they got a book deal or, like, a short story published or something like that. That'd be, that'd be a nice creepypasta success story. <laughs> One, you undervalue what people think of internet success. <laughs> Two, 
You're saying it too much is like a craft and a creation. It's just like to create a feeling to make this world seem more magical and mystical. I, I disagree. Pasta. I disagree with the magical part only because like people, it seems like one of the running themes in creepypasta is it's supposed to be horrific. It's supposed to be yeah. scary. Like, but, why don't you do some good with this, you know? Okay, everybody, I don't want to explain it on here because reading the background story took forever and I don't even know how to paraphrase it. But if you are interested to find more about creepypasta and see one that is legitimately just like really weird, I would Google blank room soup. I actually just Googled soup hostage and it came up first. So you could either Google soup hostage or blank room soup and you will find a really, really weird video of a guy either laughing or crying into soup while people with gigantic heads, cartoon heads, are like patting him on the back. And trying to console him. And it's really weird. And the background story is kind of funny. Do we have any questions? By the way, I have to say, in listening to previous episodes, you're very good at this whole podcast format thing. Usually, like, you're like, now I have some questions for you, Pete. And I'm like, oh, I'm on the spot. Um, but do we have any questions for each other about Creepypasta before we leave? I, just to reference what you just said, I would like to specify that I think I told you once before, I don't think it's that I'm good at a podcast. I think that I don't know how to have a conversation without oh, I... an introduction, a thesis, and a conclusion, which I'm finding very troubling. I wish I could stop. Just have more conversations with bots. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, guys, I'm not joking. I cannot end the conversation without recapping what we discussed <laughs> and having some sort of, like, conclusion sentence. But anyway... I guess out of all the creepypastas you read, is there any that you kind of nope. wish were true? I hate you. <laughs> You're not my friend. <laughs> I, I love Slenderman. No, 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 no. Well, no, you don't want Slenderman to be true, Marissa. I kind of do. Kids will be dying. I forget. Does he actually kill them? Like, doesn't he, like, eat them? I thought there was, like, a whole, I take them away, and they, basically, parents will lose their children if Slenderman is real. Whether they're dead or not, they're gone. <laughs> Or he could be enslaving them in the Slenderman mansion. Yes, and then they become shadow people that visit you in your sleep. Fine, when fine, you fine. suffer Let from sleep think. paralysis. I love Pokemon Creepypasta. By the way, I work for a gothic fashion magazine, and at a point I had a column and I was told I could write about whatever I wanted. I'm sorry, a gothic magazine. It's not just fashion. And I wrote about the dark side of Pokemon, and I talk about some Pokemon Creepypastas in it. And it had so many views. But then they deleted it, because I think they deemed it as irrelevant. <laughs> I All love, right. guys, just Google Pokemon Creepypastas, Google Dark Pokemon, there's some really interesting, really sinister Pokemon. Pokemon is awesome when you look at the darkness, and there's a few Creepypastas about Pokemon that all involve suicidal Japanese children. Um, do we have an eloquent way to finish this out? Creepypasta! Creepy, creepypasta! That's this. <laughs> thought you were gonna go for another round. Um... You got anything to plug, Marissa? I would plug my stuff, but my life is in a state of turmoil, so all of the other creative outlets I have that involve me having to work to create content are going to be on hiatus so my life is not in turmoil. So meeting Courtship of Veneer, which Pete always promotes, um, my Victorian, neo-Victorian Instagram, 
uh, I probably won't be making any good content for it for a week or two. So, I don't based, know. Based on your feedback, I tried to make Sports Card Truth a little more positive in the last few posts. <laughs> good. Yeah, I noticed. They're not as soul-wrenching. Right. There's still a little, but that's truth for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's so, what they wanted. People wanted to be like, huh, that's weird, not, oh. <laughs> Walking a fine line of truth at yes. Sports Card Truths on inter- on Instagram, on internet. On internet. Go find internet. <laughs> well, this has been Pete Phillips. And Marissa Phillips. With another episode of Y'all Heard. Y'all Thank heard. you for listening. Um, oh, you can rate and review us on iTunes now. So get on out there and somebody. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the people that wouldn't shut the hell up about us getting on there. We're on there now. Do your part. Him, but then it didn't go through, so I have to check again. All right, have a okay. good week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.